Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star Sports Podcast presented by First Federal Bank. It's Monday, June 20th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Chiefs players' bags are packed. They're going on vacation. Well, they're getting out of Arrowhead Stadium and OTAs. Those are over as of last week, and we won't see the team until it assembles in five weeks at Missouri Western and St. Joe's. So what did we learn in the last week of OTAs? A few things. Safety Juan Thornhill plans to be a Pro Bowl caliber player. Defensive tackle Chris Jones was angry about his play in the AFC title game. And Patrick Mahomes is going to bring back some of his teammates to Texas to continue workouts. We discuss all of this on today's show with beat writers Herbie Teope and Jesse Newell. After a break, you'll hear from Mahomes at his press availability last week. So let's get going. Talking Chiefs. It's over. Off-season activities in the books for the Chiefs and Herbie Teope and Jesse Newell, Chiefs beat writers. We're going to talk about it today. Um, we got to hear from a lot of Chiefs last week, guys like Juan Thornhill and Chris Jones, um, Willie Gay. So any any revelations from those guys last week? Jess, let's start with you. Did, did you um, – uh, learn anything about the, these guys last week? Uh, we'll be hearing from them again in about two months, month and a half or so, but uh, but they did get to the podium, and uh, it was good to hear from them. Yeah, I mean, if, if we're going the Mahomes route, um, obviously the wrap-up of the Tyree Kill stuff, uh, you know, it's, we talk about the NFL, how they kind of capture us throughout the course of the entire season or the entire year, maybe not counting these next five weeks or so, but um, – that's sort of what this does. You know, when Tyreek talks on his podcast and all of a sudden I'm seeing it on the bottom line of ESPN and Stephen A. Smith is talking about it, uh, it becomes a big headline. So from a home to address that situation and talk about how he did feel like a little bit disappointed or, or um, you know, surprised that Tyreek would have those discussions or words in his podcast. I think that was something. Um, you know, other than that, yeah, it's 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 good to get updates from these guys, and it's good to hear from them. Uh, the Thornhill comment about I'm saying I'm going to be an All Pro, write it down. I mean, that's that's obviously something that's great for us in the off season. We'll see if uh, Thornhill can back up his words there, but good to have high expectations and to set the bar high. He's obviously doing that. And uh, outside of that, George Karloftis talked a little bit about in the pre-draft process dropping 10 to 15 pounds, which I thought was interesting as well. And um, you know, you look at some of his numbers that have that over his Purdue career and just maybe not quite as good as last year. So uh, I'm sure he had some consultation on that and potentially to maybe get a little more explosion as he was going into the draft. So we'll see uh, if that helps him out in his first year with the chiefs, but obviously he's a player that uh, the chiefs are going to rely upon a lot coming up this next year. I thought Chris Jones was interesting too. He, he, he laid it out there that he didn't come up uh, at times when he, when they needed him to come up big Herbie, they, um, you know, I, I think back to the AFC title game uh, loss to the Bengals, but there were other times too last year. And of course, he, you know, he was the the subject of the position switch early on, and um, you know, it was just a little bit of a strange year for Chris Jones. This is a big year for him coming up, isn't it? Um, and he's he's got a, uh, and, the, and then the Chiefs are going to have to make a decision with him con- contractually wise after next season, but. 2022, big year for Chris Jones, and the Chiefs are going to need him to step up and be the guy that he's been when he's been a you know a Pro Bowl guy. Yeah, and, and you mentioned Chris Jones. The comment that stuck out to me the most there was not the, the inability to sack Joe Burrow in, in that AFC Championship game because, as we know, going into that game, the Bengals' offensive line was atrocious. 
It was atrocious during the postseason. It was atrocious during the Super Bowl. Burrow was sacked, hit, you know, left and right, but it did not happen against the Chiefs. And then we know Veach, general manager Brett Veach, after seeing that game, and, and it showed during the offseason, defense was his priority. You, know, you use a first-round draft pick on George Karloftis, you're going to expect Frank Clark to, to chip in a little bit more than what he's done over the past couple of regular seasons, but they need to get after the quarterback. And then Jones saying his inability to sack Joe Burrow haunted him. Not necessarily, he didn't use that word haunt, but you know, he thought about it a lot. Uh, that, that says a lot to me. Uh, when we talk about Thornhill, you know, you, you, you mentioned the all pro statement, but there's a little bit more to that than just being, you know, making that bold prediction. This is his first time since his rookie season that he has not had to deal with any type of offseason rehab. Uh, remember his rookie year, making a strong case for defensive rookie of the year before he suffers the torn ACL in the season finale. And then he spent the 2020 offseason rehabbing that. He was not the same last offseason in 2021 because the Chiefs held back. Remember, they, they limited the snaps during the OTAs and even minicamp and even the start of training camp. So he's finally healthy. And this is a huge year for him because it's a contract year. And as our esteemed colleague, rest in peace, Therese Taylor, used to love to say, the contract year is undefeated. And Thornhill making that statement, I want to be an all-pro, hey, that, that, that means he's healthy and he's going to show he's back to his rookie form. And I'm looking forward to that. Well, and of course, the the departure of Tyron Matthew just shines a spotlight on the whole safety position. Chiefs added players, right? Justin Reed's uh, coming in as a, as a veteran presence. They drafted uh, safeties, and the, the position is going to is, is in for something of, of an overhaul. But Juan Thornhill is the returning that he's the returning chief, right? And and I I think of him athletically as you know if. There's a center fielder on the Chiefs' defense. It's going to be him. He's he's got the, you know, he's got the wheels to do it. So, <clears throat> look for big things for Juan Thornhill, and I hope he can back it up. Uh, what, he, what he said this past week, Chiefs made a couple of signings. Uh, had a couple of signings last week, Herbie. Uh, let's let's go with uh, let's start with Jarek McKinnon, the running back. I, I I didn't know this was coming. I wasn't sure it was coming, but it was it surprised me that it took. This long, um, that you know, if the Chiefs were going to resign him, I thought it might have come earlier. It came when it did, but um, he was he was a pretty valuable piece of this offense last year, especially in the postseason. You know, he, I think he was the best running back in the postseason for the Chiefs last year, and um, and now they bring him back, and it, it crowds the running back room a little bit, doesn't it? Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Ronald Jones, Derek Gore, Isaiah Pacheco, the, and then the other the other newcomers at Ely, and then um, Fleet Davis. So a lot of candidates now at running back. What did, what did Andy Reid say about, you know, the signing of McKinnon and and um, and you can't have too many running backs, I guess. Yeah, you can't have too many running backs. But the key thing, the, the thing that jumps out to me was when Reid talked about experience and leadership. Without McKinnon, this running backs group was young. Uh, they only averaged 23.5 years per age among the group. Now you bring in the 30-year-old running back who, who has all that experience. And even uh, Ronald Jones, when we when he talked about him earlier in the week, mentioned, hey, now we have a capable one, two, three punch uh, at the running back position. But you have that leadership. You have the veteran presence there that they were lacking without McKinnon. So I thought it, it's a good signing. And if you look at Reed's MO, he does tend to bring in 
a savvy veteran to help mentor the young guys. Let me cut in, Herbie. Um, that's nice to say a one, two, three punch. Is it a one, two, three punch? Because we talk about the roster, the, the roster crunch for the Chiefs. They're keeping a fullback in Burton. They're keeping Blake Bell. Uh, we always we know that. We know at tight end they're going to have a couple guys. So uh, Isaiah Pacheco, they just drafted him. Potentially could be a kick return sort of guy. Do they have room there for Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Ronald Jones, and Jarek McKinnon? Or does one of those guys have to go? One of those guys are going to go because the Chiefs aren't going to keep more than four running backs, okay? But I think if, if you do, going back to Ronald Jones's statement of a one-two-three punch, if Reed defers to the veteran over the youth, then you know that that might leave Isaiah Pacheco out, okay? Because you got to remember, McKinnon can also contribute on special teams. Earlier in his career, he was a return specialist with the Minnesota Vikings as well as the San Francisco 49ers before he ripped up his knee. So he's a guy that can do a little bit of all of that. For it, they, they've, been, they've kept three running backs mostly and the fullback, right? Not a fourth running back. And we're assuming they'll, they'll keep six wide receivers, uh, the, the fullback, four tight ends, I guess, because it's an Andy Reid offense. Um, that, that if you add it all up, it, basically what you do is you get to 25, right? 25 on offense, 25 on defense. It's usually, that's usually the case. Um, and, and the way it breaks down, you know, six wide receivers, four tight ends, three running backs, a fullback, and was it, uh, two quarterbacks, uh, and a partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> whatever you have left in offensive linemen, it's eight or not, whatever that is. So, um, yeah, the, the, the interesting part about that, you mentioned the two quarterbacks. Remember last year, they signed Shane Bouchelle from the practice squad to the active roster. So they ended up with three quarterbacks because the Arizona Cardinals were sniffing around to see if they could steal Bouchelle. Now it's going to be when you have this many running backs and you mention all the wide receivers, what are the Chiefs going to do in training camp at the end of camp? Are they going to keep two or are they still going to try to protect Shane Bouchelle? Okay, how about another uh, another signing last week was Chris Lammons, the cornerback the who uh, is a special teams uh, ace. That's, that's what his big contribution is. So um, what, what about that one, Herbie? Is that, uh, was this a no brainer or, uh, were you surprised to see Chris Lammons, uh, sign? I'm a little surprised because of his legal issues in Las Vegas, but you know, the chief signing him at this point, uh, leads me to believe, and I'm completely speculating here because I'm, if I'm not mistaken, he, his day in court isn't until August. Uh, but you know, they might feel that he might be safe, you know, from, from missing time. But even if he, even if you bring him back now, I just don't see this guy making the roster because the Chiefs used five of their draft picks in the draft. Uh, that's redundant. They used five of their draft picks on defensive back. So it's like, where, where is this guy going to fit in? You know, do you want to go with him or do you you spent that capital on, on cornerbacks? You know, that's that's probably the route they're going to go. They did waive Luke Barku, you know, so it was, just, it was a trade-off. It was one for one. All right. Well, how about Aaron Parker? What was the – you got some NFL experience, the wide receiver. What, what, uh, why bring him in? Well, he, he had a successful minicamp trial. That's the only thing I could think of. Uh, other than that, you know, again, where is he going to fit in? I, I just don't see this guy being a surprise like Darius Fountain was last year uh, who signed after a successful tryout at, at, at a minicamp and then went on to make the final 53. But this year's roster, they're so deep at wide receiver. I, I, don't, I don't see how this guy's going to fit in. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you want to talk about depth. We talk about the Chiefs being deep at running back, but yet I think Pro Football Focus had them as like the 31st best running back group. But I mean, we're right. I mean, there's lots of bodies there, but receiver actually has more depth. You know what I mean? We were having trouble trying to get down to six here a couple weeks ago when we were chatting here on Sports Beat KC. So, yeah, I mean, right now it's depth and signings and kind of the stuff that goes on this time of year we have to talk about. But uh, more than likely, that's not a guy that's going to make an impact on the roster. When you look at these signings too, Blair, when we get to training camp, a lot of these players are going to have, you know, they need players for repetitions because you're running first team, second team, third team, and sometimes fourth team offenses. So when you bring in a guy like uh, Parker, uh, who had the successful tryout, you know, they're going to need him to get some repetitions. And let's not forget, Justin Ross has disappeared uh, since OTAs. He didn't participate in mandatory minicamp, so he has some kind of ailment going on. Uh, that that Andy Reid has not revealed. Okay, a lot went on since the um, since the final day of uh, of OTAs, including later that day, which was last Thursday, the World Cup announcement that Kansas City going to get games, which means Arrowhead Stadium going to get games in in twenty twenty six. I don't think I'll be able to go out to Arrowhead now without looking at the field and thinking, "Well, they're going to lose that corner, and they're going to lose that corner, and they're going to lose that corner." So that'll be. That'd be kind of an interesting exercise for the Chiefs over the next few years to plan to figure out um, what's what's going to happen to Arrowhead Stadium. Vahe Gregorian wrote about it this weekend. Uh, we'll, we'll link to that column. But um, it's going to be a little different uh, looking stadium uh, in a few years. Nothing to worry about now, although the, the planning is, is, is going to um, uh, is, is going uh, pretty strong right now what, uh, on the future of Arrowhead. Did you guys, uh, Jesse? Did you guys? Did you have a sense that um, uh, when Patrick Mahomes was asked about it on Thursday, and that uh, Kansas City was going to get some good news that afternoon? Uh, I mean, I think we had senses from other places that it was pretty good news. But he was pumped. I mean, the guy is pretty genuine when it comes to this stuff. You know, like he's showing up at current games. He's showing up at Sporting KC games. He's bringing his Chiefs there. Um, so he seems into this stuff and, you know, the same way with the Royals, but I, I think he, he really does enjoy soccer. So, uh, you know, he talked about getting out to as many games as he could or, or making sure that, uh, he would be available for those. And, you know, the dates line up as they probably will coming up in the world cup in 2026, you know, Patrick Mahomes is still the quarterback of the chiefs and still he will be, if he's healthy, um, then yeah, he could be attending those, but, uh, you're right. Like, I, this is kind of a, a crazy moment for that because you don't really think about the ramifications. But, you know, as Vi talked about and as you've written about, Blair, this this could have a big shakeup because already the Royals have been talking about potentially moving uh, out of there. And then you talk about Truman and, and kind of the biggest complaint with the Truman Sports Complex. And I understand this is sort of like uh, there's nothing around there. Uh, there's it's no atmosphere and it's really hard to get public transportation there. Well, now if you have this come into your town and you want to make all these fixes, I mean, how listen, parking is what for the Chiefs now 40, 50 bucks. I mean, oh, what if every bit of that and then so. what what if there is now public transportation to get you there? I mean, I mean, that changes the what if you know, instead of just having the power and light by this sprint center, T Mobile Center now, Sprint Center, uh, as we all know it, what if 
where Kauffman Stadium now becomes sort of a district where people hang out, whether it's a Chiefs game or not. I mean, uh, this could have major ramifications that I sort of wasn't thinking about before this past week. But um, if the Royals do move out of there, which it seems they're motivated to do, and that allows the Chiefs and or public transportation to get in, plus some sort of nightlife-y aspect, then uh, this could be a major, major week for Kansas City sports to be able to have that sort of thing developing at Arrowhead Stadium, which is not something that we've been used to growing up around these parts where it was mostly just two big stadiums in the middle of a parking lot? I would say anything, uh, of course, what you're suggesting doesn't change the distance from your house to Arrowhead Stadium or Herbie's house to Arrowhead Stadium, which is a combined about 100-mile round trip for both of you guys. Uh, <laughs> by the way, so this, is, this is yeah, this is car repair and oil change time for you all. It's downtime for the Chiefs, but it's, uh, it's get the cars fixed for, for you guys. Yeah, there's a lot to consider there when, with, at Arrowhead Stadium and and the, the, and the Chief, and, and the Royals as well. What what their future is at Kauffman and uh, you know, look, the lease is up in 2031 for the stadiums at the Truman Sports Complex. I know the Royals would love to be downtown and would love to be downtown before the end of that lease. And I suspect uh, this is going to the decisions on. Stadiums are going to happen sooner rather than later, um, so always something to pay attention to. Okay, let's um, let, let's wind it down. And Herbie, one thing we found out last week were the dates of training camp, and um, they line up with training camp dates of uh, of previous years. But just just as a reminder for the public, when do they get to go for the first time? Well, the public gets to go for the first time on July the 28th. Okay, so uh, the Chiefs will have 15 practices open to the public. Uh, and then uh, season ticket members have two exclusive days. Uh, the first one, obviously, July the 27th. And I'm not mistaken, the next one is August the 9th. Don't have the schedule I, in front of me. I, but I think you're right on the first one. The July 27th yeah. is season ticket holders only. Yeah, and then um, the key thing to remember here is uh, – some of the you have to pay for parking every day, so folks, five bucks. Don't don't, uh, don't don't lose sight of that. But yeah, training camp is here. Heck, you know, it'll be here before you know it. And I always tell Jesse here, you know, this is the time for us to decompress. Yeah. Uh, because once we get back in the saddle, we we're not coming back up for air again until this time next year. <laughs> yeah, and it, it'll it'll blow by. It'll be just like that, like a snap of a finger. Just... I'll I'll let her be correct me, but. Uh... I invested in a very good bucket hat. Uh, so I would suggest everybody else going out and getting one of those. Go ahead, Herbie. Boonie cap, people. It's a boonie <laughs> cap. It's a boonie cap. The civilians stole it from the military and decided to call it a bucket hat. But it's the proper terminology and nomenclature is boonie cap. If you see me and Herbie or just see Herbie at training camp up there, come find him. We'll sign your bucket hat. It'll be great. Well, it's that you bring up the signing. That's that's going to be a return element this year, right, Herbie? The autographs yes. that that had been look. There was one training camper, no fans, and then they brought fans back, but kept them distant from distant from the players. I, I, I did read, I believe, that uh, autograph sessions are going to happen this year, right? Yeah, after every practice session, there will be autograph sessions uh, broken down by position group. So folks need to check the schedule. At the Kansas at KansasCity.com, we have an article up on that, just, and also over at the Chiefs uh, to find out which position groups will be available. Okay, and do you know, or do do we know if it's going to be uh, players at tables, or are they going to interact with fans the way they used to? My understanding is it's back to normal. 
So it'll okay. be just like we saw before years past, lined up along the side, and then the players, when they're done practicing, will come along the line at, as they go off the field and, and sign autographs. Okay. All right. Very good. All right. Let me bring your attention to a couple things. Um, there's a there's a really cool video feature on Chiefs.com. Um, Justin Reed and Trent McDuffie toured the Negro Leagues Museum on Sunday, Juneteenth, and got the tour from Bob Kendrick. And listen, if, if you all haven't been fortunate enough to take the tour with Bob Kendrick, it is absolutely one of the most fun activities that uh, you can have when you're in Kansas City. So um, this captures that. And I would also recommend going to see the Negro Leagues Museum at some point. Go to Kansas City or go to Chiefs.com to, to see that video, about two minutes worth of video. And it's really well done. The other thing is we will, uh, we're going to take a break. And uh, first of all, bid farewell to Herbie Teope and Jesse Newell. When we come back, we will hear from Patrick Mahomes, who met the media last week. Buying your first home is a huge milestone, but the journey there can be confusing. First Federal Bank of Kansas City is here to make it simple. After nearly a century of serving the KC community, our loan advisors have experience in every type of housing market. With a short phone call, we can give you a free rate quote and talk through loan options. No pressure, no obligation. The road to home ownership can be simple with First Federal Bank. Get started with a free quote at ffbkc.com homes. First Federal Bank of Kansas City, because banking is personal. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Blair. There are several ways to access the Star Sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There is Sports Pass. For $12.99 a month, you get unlimited digital access to all of the Star Sports content, including beat writing, columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel. For $159.99 a year, you get everything the Star has to offer digitally, including sports and the e-edition. Go to KansasCity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says start a subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening.
he watches film just kind of like I do or like coaches do, and he tries to put me in those positions that I was in during the last season. So if I can put that position again, I can make those throws. Or, uh, I think that's the biggest thing we do with medicine, with those uh, medicine balls, with uh, weights, is we get myself in offer positions where I throw from and then kind of strengthen those things so that when my body does get to those positions, I can, I can make the plays happen. I'm still sweating right now, so uh, it's, uh, it's, it's something that we, we know it's, it's part of it. Um, it it's, uh, it's, 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 it's something you have to do to make sure your body's in the right spot. You know, I think it kind of keeps going under to those kind of results. It's great knowing that when you get back to that training camp, we're going to have that conditioning test that first day. So uh, I think more than anything, it's kind of making sure that you're staying on top of your game on the off-season, uh, off-season those days when you don't want to work out because you know you have to be ready uh, for that first day of training camp. I 
think is they've got got better, a lot better over the time than just the other phase two and phase three in the minicamp. And that's just great to see. Because a lot of you guys are being called upon to make plays for us this season. Um, so you can tell they got more comfortable with the defense. And it's back to the very complex defense squad so good. Um, so I think I'm more and more comfortable. They start getting better and better. So that's, that's good to see. Because with the young guys especially, I mean, every position, the more they know, they can just use their their God-given ability, uh, the better they play. And so you can tell they're learning more and more, and then they start playing better and better. So they can't put on. Yeah, I'm very confident. Uh, just because I know we're wearing it all the time. Just to get out to it. So, I mean, I, I, uh, I think I'll do a lot. He loves football. He loves chasing. He loves being here in this organization. Um, and so now it's just kind of the, the stuff that's always tough is the business side of this. I mean, all of us want to provide for our families in the long term and the next generations. Um, so I know he's going to get that all handled. But as far as love to achieve, the love of football, uh, there's not another person that's going to love to see this. I just hang it out. I mean, I think he's a young one, too. He's about the same age as Sterling. So, Brittany and his girl get along well, and they always hang out during the season. So, just kind of hung out with a little bit there. And it wasn't about football. It's kind of just keeping the family's guarantee and everything like that. That's That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Monty Davis, Randy Mason, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. And a shout out to our sponsor, First Federal Bank. Their website is ffbkc.com. Tip of the cap to Herbie Teope and Jesse Newell for sharing their insights on the Chiefs. 
Hey, Morning Sports Edition was more than 40 pages today, wrapping up the weekend in sports and weighing in on everything like the Stanley Cup playoffs, the College World Series, and more. Go to liveedition.kansascity.com for more information. Hey, thanks for listening, and join us for a Royals live stream on Tuesday. We start that show at 10 a.m., and you are invited with your questions and comments. We'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC.